You're listening to Live Wild Radio, the part-time adventure podcast. Join us as we explore how outdoor adventures build mind, body, and spirit. Welcome back to Live Wild Radio, the fitness and adventure podcast. I got used to get used to saying that. Uh... So one of the things that, if you guys notice, we talk about a lot is fitness, because we're going to, in a very small way, change the world, um, even if it's only helping some people. We, they're part of the world, so therefore we change the world. That's sort of you know how I'm going about thinking about it. Um, we always talk about training, but training is only half of the equation. The other half is... My favorite part recovery yeah you know because basically the minute you stop training um that's when your recovery starts and you only make progress not by how much training you do but by how much training you can recover from Mm. all right so quick question out of the gate yeah how do you define recovery um your body returning to normal after a stimulus. Okay. You know. So kind of like on my Garmin watch, it'll say, this takes 20 hours of, I, th- I don't even know if it uses the words recovery or. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, of course, your Garmin watch, as smart as it is, is just guesstimating. Right. You know, based on your heart rates and all that kind of jazz. But um, just to give you an idea, <clears throat> excuse me. We just got back from a bike ride. (laughs) Uh, And so different activities will take different amounts of time to recover from. Like if you do a one-hour zone two aerobic ride, it takes 8 to 12 hours to recover from. And when you say or it says it takes 8 to 10 hours to recover from, is that to be able to perform at the same level that you did in that bike ride? Yes. Okay. Um, or higher, right? Because okay. if you've recovered, right. maybe there's a little bit of an adaptation. Now, you're not going to get much of an adaptation in a day. Right. <clears throat> I seem to have a bit of frogginess. Uh, but essentially what we want to have happen is we stress our body with exercise, right? Whether it's strength training, cardiovascular training. A little drink of water. <clears throat> Uh, and then when you recover, your body hypercompensates. So you're a little bit fitter, a little bit stronger, and you repeat that cycle over long enough and you're a lot stronger, a lot fitter, uh, a lot healthier. Um, as long as you haven't overdone it, because as with all things, the poison is in the dose. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was listening to a great discussion today, uh, with Coach Dan John, and he talked about there's health, fitness, and performance. Um, and sometimes to optimize performance, you do things that are not optimal for your health, mm-hmm. right? And you know he used the example of like weight cutting um, for for a competition, right? Where you dehydrate yourself right. to make weight. That's not the healthiest thing in the world to do, <laughs> but it can give you a performance advantage. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you know, for all of us people who aren't making a paycheck um, competing in anything, even if you do compete in something, if you're not getting paid, take it seriously. But, you know, not the expense of your health. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because if you go from like seventh place to third place, uh, but you know, you've had to do things that, that are going to uh, have a bill that comes late, due later on, right, as far mm-hmm. as your health is concerned. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just the little bit of glory you're going to get when you stand on that podium and somebody gives you a fake medal uh, at a local event, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, just put it in perspective, you know. It's the the act of training for it, the doing, the camaraderie, that's all the stuff that I've taken from, like, racing and that kind of thing. Yeah. But when I was uh, competing in bike racing, um, and because I did, like, endurance stuff where I do eight-hour races, 12-hour races, 
um, the amount of training I had to do was not good for you mm-hmm. um, to be good at that, <clears throat> right? You know, uh, like basically having a full-time job and training 20 hours a week, uh, you know, something's got to give, right? You know, and you'd run into the thing where your hormones were shot, <laughs> you know, towards the end of the season. Right. Right. You'd have some great performances at specific events. But, you know, even just the fact that after an event, you felt like a bag of shit for a week and a half. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Because it was such a huge, you know, when you try to do eight hours at a race pace. Yeah. Like that's just not normal. Oh, I remember when I did, I mean, I hadn't even properly trained <laughs> for walking long distance, 60 kilometers one weekend mm-hmm. on on paved road, sidewalks, so nothing was even. Yeah. Um, we could barely walk Yeah. when we came out of it. And uh, yeah, it took a, a, certainly a few days because we never did, I never did the proper training where you work up to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, so... Uh, because this podcast is about health, fitness, longevity, um, as opposed to peak human performance, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if anybody wants to get there, I've coached lots of athletes. We can do it. But just understand that you may be making sacrifices uh, to your future health, whether it's your joints getting beaten up, your system getting run down, <laughs> Um, if you want to win shit, um, you know, uh, whereas you can be at an incredibly high level of fitness, um, you know, seeming like a superhero compared to the general population mm-hmm. and be very fit and healthy. Right. It's just when you're comparing yourself to elite level athletes, uh, then we seem like, oh, we're we're, you know, weak, slow. <laughs> yeah. You know. And that's the problem is that the people that get used by for our motivation um, aren't, number one, are genetic freaks. Because anybody that rises to the top of any sport um, owes a huge debt of gratitude to their parents <laughs> because it's just a mix of the genes, mm-hmm. right, that, that put them in that position. Secondly, um, even on an amateur level uh, where, where there isn't money on the line, there's a lot of fucking performance enhancing drugs going on, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, uh, at the doses that people take to improve their performance are not healthy. Um, you know, so uh, and then obviously when we're talking about pros, uh, you know, you look at cycling, basically uh, it I think it's cleaner now than it was during the Lance era. <laughs> You know, but it's one of these things where there is a lot of performance enhancing drugs. So that's sort of a thing for people to keep in the back of their mind. You know, if you're seeing the Instagram stars and the uh, professional athletes, um, they're not like the rest of us, Mm -hmm. you know. Uh, But we can learn from them Um, because if we, you know, they're training is very big and hard and nasty and, you know, all that kind of thing. But they recover just as hard as they train. Um, and conveniently, that's what today's episode is about. How wait, wait, wait. So you're saying that, you know, if they do something super hard, yeah, it takes more out of them to recover from that? Or? No, they recover hard. Quicker, they, quicker. No, no, they, they apply the same rigor to their recovery. Oh, I see what you're saying. That Got they it. do to their training. Yeah. It's not like, mm. you know, okay, we're done training. Now we're just going to sit on the couch. Right. Right. Um, there's, if you think about it, like things like hot and cold baths um, mm-hmm. or cold baths, cold plunges, sauna, um, cryotherapy, massage therapy, mm-hmm. um, you know, laser therapy, uh, you know, uh, oxygen therapy. <laughs> There's when, when your budget's pretty much unlimited and your paycheck's on the line, um, there's a lot of 
legal <laughs> things you can do to improve your recovery. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's one of those things. If you want your fitness to improve, it's not just the workouts, but you've got to recover from them. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to talk about some of our favorite easily incorporated recovery things. Yeah. Um, and because I've been doing a lot of talking, I'm going to throw it to Catherine. What's your favorite recovery technique? Uh, Epsom salt baths. So hot baths. Yeah. So um, that's been incredibly fantastic for just tight muscles in my legs from cycling. Yeah. And which torques on my knees. So that works out really well, I find. And I literally, you know, I dump a lot of Epsom salt. So probably about two and a half cups. Yeah. So like a pound. Yeah. And you can get them at, I find, Costco's in, in bulk, good. Costco, 10 yeah. bucks for, what is that, a gallon? Yeah, something like something that. Something like that. Um, so I always grab a bunch of them. They they make great um, stocking stuffers. <laughs> <laughs> they really do for me because <laughs> I love them. Um, or if you can get the ones that are scented. But um, yeah, I do that. So I literally just turn the handle on my faucet to hot, like yeah. full blast. And I don't fill up the tub entirely. I just, you know, uh, but when I step in it, obviously I'm like, ha, 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 and then, ha. It, and then it just goes away. Yeah. And maybe that's thankful to my numb feet. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I do feel it, but, um, you know, it just takes a second and then boom, it, it's really, really nice. So I find, I only stay in it for about maybe 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, bath is still warm, but it does a world of good. Yeah. Incredible amount of good for me. Um, so it's one of my favorite things to do when I'm hurting pretty yeah. bad. Um, so one of the ones that doesn't get talked about uh, nearly enough is actually just getting enough sleep. Mm. Um, and basically because sleep is so important to everything to do with your health, including recovery from workouts, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're going to put a big asterisk, you know, and a star on that one and we've got a whole um podcast about longevity and sleep don't we yeah. sleep and something else but yeah yeah you know but but it, it's one but, of these things of like setting uh a standard time to go to bed every night yeah um you know make your room cool right uh dark sleeping mask yeah like every little thing you can do if uh something like melatonin helps um you know, reset your circadian rhythms. Um, but you want that seven to eight hours of sleep a night. Uh, you want to get... Um, if you can time your drinking of fluids um, so that you're not really drinking much uh, an hour before bed, so you're not having to wake up in the middle of the night to pee. Um, or if you you know what you do drink an hour before make sure it's got electrolytes in it so your body absorbs it and doesn't just piss it out mm. right because if you've got to get up that's interrupted your sleep um now i will concede that getting up and peeing is better than pissing the bed <laughs> and staying asleep but uh you know uh anything that can keep your sleep uninterrupted will dramatically improve the quality of your sleep and I've noticed a big difference just living, you living with me because you're pretty adamant about that, given that we get up so early. Yeah. Where in the past, I I get maybe an hour and a half less. Yeah. So it's been pretty, yeah. Yeah, it makes a big difference. Um, and it, basically part of the reason outside of just the feeling like shit if you don't get enough sleep, um, there's been a lot of studies done on this. Um, so number one, your uh, metabolic system, um, even if you're like a perfectly healthy person, you get one really shitty night of sleep and uh, the next day, if we were to sort of do a blood test on you, it would be show, show somebody who was pre-diabetic, right? Um, and that just gives an indication of how big an effect sleep has on you. Um and when you don't get enough sleep, you tend to crave fatty, high-carb foods, <laughs> um, you know, so it's harder to, to stick to a healthy eating plan when you're getting those cravings and when you're super tired. Like, coach, football coach Vince Lombardi said, fatigue makes cowards of us all. Um, and so if you're tired, it's harder to have discipline. Mm, um, right? Yeah. And then... And this goes for both men and women. 
um, most of your uh, testosterone is produced uh, while you sleep and closer to when you uh, wake up in the morning. So that's why dudes wake up with boners, <laughs> right? It, like basically if you're not waking up with boners, um, go get your testosterone checked <laughs> um, because you may run into the thing where your levels are low and it's really hard to build muscle, burn fat, recover quickly, have a libido, all that stuff if your testosterone's low. Um, how you go about fixing it, it's up to you and your doctor. You know, at some point we'll do an episode on different options there. But, uh, and this is something that because the way that numbers are reported on blood tests, um, we think of testosterone as a male hormone and estrogen as a female hormone. Um, but women, even though they have one-tenth of the testosterone level that men have, they have more testosterone in their body than they have estrogen. Hmm. Um, it's just because the way the numbers are reported, it looks like estrogen's higher mm. because they're not reporting them in the same units. Oh, okay. Right? So it looks like, oh, estrogen of 800 and testosterone of 3. Mm-hmm. Oh, so estrogen's higher. Mm-hmm. No, but if you actually do the math and make them, you know, nanograms for both the nanograms for deciliter. Yeah. Um, you know, the testosterone, even in women, is quite a bit higher. Mm. And for guys, uh, if you don't have adequate uh, estrogen levels, um, your libido will go to shit. Um, and this is the thing with guys. We need estrogen, too. We just don't want too much of it because we don't want boobs. Um, but adequate amounts... Uh, are necessary for libido, um, bone health, uh, cardioprotective uh, measures, um, neuro uh, protection, like protecting your brain and, and nerves. So, and in guys, all of our estrogen, uh, or the vast majority, if we're not getting stuff from the environment, from food, um, the majority of estrogen uh and the male body is converted from testosterone. So if you don't have enough testosterone, you're also not going to have enough estrogen. It's just math, right? So, uh, you know, we just run into that thing where if you're not getting enough sleep, you're going to go... Like, it, it basically starts this shitty cascade, right? Yeah. We, we want to start positive cascades in the body. Yeah. I find one of the best things that's ever I've ever done for sleep, I got to find my mask, is a night mask. Because yep. I sleep so much it's like a night and day yeah. yeah whereas here's my little trick like if you're somebody who can't shut their brain off and go to sleep because Catherine goes okay uh, uh, night sweetie <laughs> she's asleep <laughs> like I don't sometimes like it actually like I'm lying there mad <laughs> like I am angry because I can't sleep like that and it pisses me off that somebody else can <laughs> literally okay night <laughs> <laughs> It's like, wait, wait, how? I, I haven't even registered that it's sleeping time yet, and <laughs> you're asleep. This makes me sometimes very angry. And it made me piss off the other day because you're asleep before me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, but if you're somebody like me who can't shut their brain off, um, I discovered the most brilliant thing. I always read before bed, but then I would fall asleep with the light on. Yeah. And it would take me longer to fall asleep. Now, I wear one of my camping uh, headlamps with a red LED on. Because um, if you've got white light on, it keeps your brain awake. But you got to see to read. Because I just lie there in the dark and I can't sleep. Um, so I read my book. Usually some sort of like space shoot 'em up because I love sci-fi mindless shit. I, it's sort of my, and I'll, I'll reread a bunch of the same books over and over again. It's um, your soap opera. Yeah. It's like sci-fi, fantasy, dragons. That's all the kind of shit that just my brain just goes, uh, you know, maybe it, just, <laughs> it reminds me of being a kid. I don't know. I've always loved that stuff. But reading with the headlamp with the red LED on, um, because the red uh, doesn't wake you up, uh, it allows me to get to sleep quicker. Quite a bit quicker. Um, and uh, that one is, is a little... I thought you said sex got you to sleep quicker. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, uh, well, here's the thing. If you are in a position 
that you can, you know, <laughs> bump uglies before bed. Uh, all of the, uh, you know, basically feel-good hormones that are released afterwards do help you sleep better. Yeah. You know, so uh, never go to bed angry. <laughs> and go to bre- bed satisfied. Um, uh, obviously, if you're in that position. If you're not... Uh, use our other tips um <laughs> and if you combine all of them then you'll sleep really well yeah you know um yeah so we've covered the hot Wait, bath just on okay. on the sleep bit are there any good um is there any good reading material sleep experts uh yes but the, off the top of my head i can't remember who yeah, they are because i remember there's so many in the past okay um uh but uh, basically peter atia's book outlive He's got a whole bunch of shit on sleep. Okay. Uh, any uh, listen to any of the podcasts with uh, Andrew Huberman? Yeah. On sleep, um, uh, he's a professor at UC Berkeley, I think. Um, but he's the dude who's everywhere now. He took so, over social media with uh, <laughs> smart, low voice. <laughs> yeah. So they're going to talk to you about the whys and the data and the stats, and, and then how to do it, and how to do it as well. Okay. Yeah. Good. Um, then, you know, obviously the hot baths are great because they improve circulation. The Epsom yeah. salts are a magnesium salt, gets absorbed through the skin. Magnesium right. relaxes the muscles, yeah. um, allowing for better blood flow, better circulation, relaxation. Um, and that's actually one of the little sleep tips too, is like, if you don't sleep well, try taking about 500 milligrams of magnesium bicalycinate before bed, about an hour before, hmm. um, uh, I find, and the, and the studies back this up, that it helps the body relax. And obviously, it's hard to sleep if you can't relax. Oh, yeah. That's that's actually a nice little segue, especially if you've got sore joints and muscles. It's mm-hmm. about the nervous system yeah. and how to get it to relax. And the thing that I've had a lot of success with that I think overall has just helped with recovery is um, actually KT tape. Kinesiology tape. Yeah. it's Explain how that works. So in a layman's terms, you know when you bump your head and then you put your hand to the bump on your head that hurt and, yeah. and it doesn't hurt as much anymore? Yeah. Um, KT tape is the tape version of that. Um, it helps downregulate the nervous system and increase muscle activation. Um, basically, it's a stretchy tape you would put on a joint or muscles. Wherever it hurts. Um and it doesn't hurt as much, right? It made and a big difference on my knees. Yeah. It was yeah. a lifesaver and it allowed me to go to sleep, right? Yeah. Because as you can imagine, if you're hurting when you're in bed, you don't sleep well, you don't recover. Yeah. It's a vicious circle. Yeah. Um, and that's what people who are dealing with chronic pain, um, if it's joint pain like you're dealing with or muscle pain or injury, um, uh, the kinesiology tape is a non-pharmaceutical pain reliever um is really the way it works yeah. another stocking stuffer yeah <laughs> you can find it at shoppers i buy or... it like i buy candy um and i bought a bunch of different <laughs> brands of you know like tiger bomb patches yeah and there's biofreeze patch like there's just a bunch of different kinds right yeah. so you, you can try and see what works for you but it's the combination of essentially um, there's smaller pieces of tape that yeah. you put over the area, but infused with that. Whatever medication. Yeah. And that, that really helps as well. Yeah. And even, even topical rubs, like if you are sore, cause, uh, things like Tiger Bomb or Bengay or A535 or any of those, because again, if it can help you relax a little bit and help ease the aches that then you sleep better, then you get the recovery benefits. Yeah. You know, um, and anytime you can downregulate pain, it makes the body easier to relax because it's hard to recover when you're tense, right? Uh, We want blood flow, right? Like if you've damaged a muscle from training, we need to get blood uh, to the area with nutrients and we need to flush out the waste products. Yeah. Uh, But if everything is super tight, that's going to restrict circulation. Really neat example somebody gave me. It was actually because I took, I actually took hypnotherapy. Um, it was hypnobirthing mm. for when I was going to have my baby just to relax. Cause she said, okay, just squeeze your bicep. 
yeah. you know, tense it up as much as possible. And then she would grab it. It hurts, right? Well, it hurts a lot less when you relax it and you're yeah. putting applying the same pressure. It's the same idea that once you can get something to relax, you know, there's less pain. Yeah. And yeah. and basically better circulation. Because Going back to if you can saying. have a muscle contract and relax, contract and relax, that'll help move fluid through. But if it's just because it's painful, it's just rigidly contracted, like it's tight, that's going to limit um you know how quickly you can recover because you know if you can't get the waste products out and new nutrients in to help you know repair the damage you did because all types of training cause some type of micro damage mm -hmm. uh we need you know uh basically better circulation hmm. um and that's why it's funny like bodybuilders mm -hmm. will take like cialis the the oh yeah um because they get better pumps. <laughs> um, and, you Everywhere. know, it, it works for yeah. your dick, too, right? Yeah. But it was invented as a cardiovascular medication. It just turns out there's way more money in boners than there is in <laughs> uh, improving circulation. Right. But, you know, you'll get, uh, like, a lot of bodybuilders taking, like, five milligrams a day because you get better pumps, uh, you get better blood flow. And if you're getting better blood flow, you're going to get better recovery, mm -hmm. right? And then with all your jacked muscles, um, it, it, then when you occasionally do get laid, then your dick works better too. <laughs> you know, so it's just a win-win for everyone. Yeah. Um, uh, but one of the greatest things that, that works for blood flow is heat, mm -hmm. right? So the hot bath that Catherine was talking about, sure. aside from relaxation, the heat... Uh, because our body wants to cool, it opens up all the blood vessels um, and increases circulation to try to cool the body down. Um, but another thing that is great for that, which we should be experiencing oh, God. shortly. <laughs> I'm frustrated. I ordered an infrared sauna and <laughs> that was two weeks ago. Yeah, I sh I'm not complaining, but I am. Third the, world problems. Um, no, these are very first, first world. Sorry, first world problems. Yeah, most of the third world's really hot. You <laughs> go outside. Uh, anyways, um, yeah, I mean, it's just that they keep changing the date. So it is what it is. I mean, yeah. it, it's in stock, so I'm grateful. It's on its way. It's on its way. It's just not here yet. I'm yeah. really, um, I've really bought into it. So um, it's exciting. So infrared sauna, different from your uh, dry saunas or well you basically you have a unit in the sauna and you're pouring water over stones to yeah. evaporate the water into steam um and uh it's 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 the type of sauna that it heats the inside of you you don't feel too much there's a bit of it's a warm air but it's yeah, but it's not it's not as uncomfortably hot it's not suffocatingly hot yeah when yeah. you breathe in and it burns your nose yeah um but then this is the cool thing with the infrared is doesn't suck as much power. No. Um, works really well. Um, you get a crazy big sweat on and a lot of circulation increase and heart rate increase. All the benefits of the heat, um, uh, which all help promote recovery. Yeah. Um, but it also reduces inflammation in the body, burns a bunch of extra calories if you want to get lean and buff for beach body time. Uh or you just want to eat more Yeah, they cookies. said it's almost like the equivalent of zone two cardio. Yeah. Well, because yeah. you've been in. Look, look yeah. at your heart rate. Like if you're, it's not that high. Uh, Maybe well, 120 at the end Yeah. Um, of a 30, 25-minute session, yeah, which like I'm it's, walking it's, out of. Yeah, but you're also coming from the standpoint that you're now a fairly well-trained cyclist. My cardio is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Um and this, anybody who knows me obviously knows uh, or maybe heard the stories uh, that I used to own a bicycle shop. I've been in the bike industry for a long time. Guess who in this house owns the most bicycles? <laughs> Not this guy. Because, you know, Catherine and I both got mountain bikes in 2020. Um, yeah. I'm like, I'd already had a single speed mountain well, bike. But hybrid that yeah, I bought you from a, you. Yeah, back in the day. Yeah. Um, and then, so we both had mountain bikes. We, we enjoyed those for a couple of years. Then last year, because uh, I had just the parts sitting around in the garage, I built you a road bike. Yeah. You know? Uh, 
And Catherine really loved it. She's like, oh, you really should get one so we can ride together. Yeah, I really like this. You should get one. And then so finally, um, she was so sweet and actually bought me a gravel bike. Uh, and then I found her a spectacularly good deal on a gravel bike. So she now has three bikes, four. <laughs> Because <laughs> you have your hybrid on the trainer in the basement, your mountain bike, your road bike, and now your gravel bike. Yeah. Yeah. And we went on uh, its maiden voyage today. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. Um, it was good. It, yeah. it's, it really brings to life forest riding, like yeah. we were talking about. Like when you're on... Like, like rail, not mountain bike, but gravel. Rail trails and gravel Going roads. fast. Yeah. It's just smoother on that and everything that a road bike would be. Yeah. But way faster than a mountain bike it's so much fun yeah um, but that actually just as a nice segue like going on lighter rides yeah. like you know when you're when you've done you know something that's pretty intense or any kind of workout it's it's good to offset that with lighter maybe zone two rides keep active I, you've yeah. always said that keep you know keep moving keep get the blood circulating and i guess that's what the name of the game is is yeah. have the the circulation in your body continue to bring more fresh oxygen blood Yep. To those muscles. Yeah. And it's something we, we can use a couple of different names. Like obviously for cardio, Catherine and I, our main form of cardio is some type of cycling, whether it's mountain biking, road biking, gravel biking, um, riding in the trainer. Uh, so we'll use everything in the terms of this, but it can be used for other applications, right? Rowing. Uh, walking, stairmel, running, any of those things is, you know, we've got our zone two cardio, which is hearty, heart rate is elevated, but you can still talk, um, you know, with the basically you can get most of a sentence out without having before you have to take a breath. Yeah. Right. You're not gasping for air. Then we make sure we get some zone two cardio or not zone two <laughs> VO two max, like, you know, super high level, uh, zone five work um like in the form of four by fours which are four minutes as hard as you can go four minutes easy repeat it four times um do something like that once a week or uh our 20 to 30 second sprints you know there's various different types of intervals to hit different energy systems but the other one um that applies to this context is the recovery ride um you know your heart rate is not, you know, it's basically zone one. Mm -hmm. It's getting elevated a tiny bit. Yeah. But it's dumb easy. The whole point is just circulation. Yeah, that's um, interesting because, you know, how we talked about me running cold mm -hmm. all the time. Yeah. I almost wonder now, maybe if that's part of the problem with my knees, is that... Um, which is maybe why when we went to Mexico, right? Because I was in pretty bad shape just before Mexico. I was a little yeah. concerned took the cane and the knee yeah, brace and just we, in we case. actually ended up going to Mexico because your knees doing that instead of a more active kind oh, of Oh, isn't that funny? Yeah. <laughs> well, the heat was good. Yeah. I'm going to say that it did help and my knees suddenly got much, much better. But um, yeah, um, as you were saying, blood flow and all that, um, it's very clear that I, re I respond very well to heat mm -hmm. and maybe it's because, you know, my... I just need more circulation and and heat because with inflammation, um, is that sometimes caused when your body's cold? Um, like in other words, does all this fluid get trapped there, or or doesn't pump out? Well, basically, being cold will restrict circulation. Yeah, right. Because your body, if you're chilly, your body's going to work to preserve the core. Right. Right. You can you can get by without fingers and toes, but you can't get by without your internal organs. Yeah. Um, and women are more so that way, right? Because of the, the whole baby making thing. Um, that's why women tend to get colder, uh, smaller mass generally are smaller than guys, but, um, tend to get colder in the extremity than guys do in the same temperatures because we've got better circulation because we're running around with loincloths, you know, chasing out woolly mammoths, um, you know, instead of having babies, mm -hmm. right? Like we've evolved sort of with different, um, you know, responses to, to temperature kind of thing. Mm. Um, so yeah, like anything that gets circulation increased will, uh, and warmth heat is one of them. Cause if you're cold, everything 
contracts. Yeah, because I have a heating pad. I'm just saying like at times if I'm in bed, I, that might be something. Just don't leave it on before you go to bed. Yeah. Or as you sleep. Yeah, right? your, your big problem is, you, you know, and it kind of reminds you to get up and move, right, which will help with circulation. It's anytime you're sitting, like if we sit and watch a couple episodes of any of the fun shows we watch, like Justified or Jack yeah, Ryan, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, not yeah. sponsored by Amazon Prime, but, uh, you know, uh, you know, between that and Disney Plus, we seem to be able to find way more fun stuff to watch on Amazon. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, you know, but I'm sitting there in shorts and a T-shirt in the house and you're cold. Yeah. Right. Now, we know it's just a stereotype. Oh, women are cold all the time. But obviously, in your case with the knees, um, cold is going to reduce um, blood flow to the extremities. Yeah. Which in turn will impede recovery, impede um, yeah. reducing inflammation. Which kind of speaks to so when I, as I walk downstairs, like there's a massive pain in my one knee because it just feels so tight, yeah. you know, uh, versus when you're warm and you're moving. Yeah. Because as soon as I go riding, my knees feel great. Yeah. Because <laughs> it feels so good. Like, yeah. I your I temperature's up. Yeah. And you've got blood pumping through the whole body. Yeah. Right. And yeah. the joints warmed up because you've just pedaled thousands of pedal strokes. Yeah. Right. So it's clear that there's a circula- circulatory problem. Yeah. Going on. I just, yeah. that's an aha moment as, as we speak. Yeah. All right. That's um, half the benefit of these podcasts is we just have conversations. We solve our own. All right. We, yeah. That's really all. Ourselves. If you guys take anything useful from that, that's a great <laughs> side effect. But this, this is, is just us. This is all for us. Yeah, yeah. This is just us solving our own problems. Yeah. That's interesting um, because um, in the morning I'm always coming down and it hurts. Because right? you're not warm. Yeah. Right. Well, I'm warm in bed. Well, not, no, no, I'm not just talking temperature, but, but like the joints aren't lubricated. No. Right. They've been sitting still. Which, um, yeah. But I'm the same way I get up and I got to move and You're then all stiff. of a sudden I feel good. Yeah. Right. Just because I haven't been moving. Yeah. Um, hmm. You know, so this is the thing. Uh, we have, we've said this before. Um, I did not invent this, but motion is lotion. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and lotion is lotion, so it gets confusing. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, basically any type of heat, uh, and that's where the sauna, like it, for us, adding the sauna to our gym um, uh, kind of is a no brainer because, you know, it's such an easy, uh, we were able to find one that fits in the corner. Uh, mm-hmm. And being able to, three to five to seven times a week you know hop on board yeah um you know because it it burns some extra calories while you're just sitting there stretching when you're warm is goddamn amazing mm-hmm. right um doing it after your workout speeds up your recovery yeah uh can you even do it before your workout yeah do it for five minutes before your workout as part of your warm-up yeah. right because you literally are warming up mm-hmm. um uh you know, obviously a lot of sweating um, does get uh, a lot of toxins out. Um, there was actually a study that was really cool that they found people that had been exposed to mercury. Mm-hmm. Um, when they went in the sauna, they sweated it out, but they wouldn't excrete it any other way. Hmm. That's uh, interesting. Yeah. So if you eat too much tuna fish, yeah. uh, any fish in general. Well, if you've been exposed to fertilizers, like, you know different yep. industrial locations you know but if you fish grill. if you're a fisherman you mm-hmm. should own a sauna mm-hmm. like and you and you eat fish you catch yeah. because all the water's got mercury in it right there's always a warning about how much fish you should eat right you know so now we have the workaround yeah uh and we don't have a promo code to give you for buying a sauna yet <laughs> we're working on that yeah. well we also want to test it ourselves yeah, but yeah, of course we've you know. researched it quite a bit yeah um yeah and then around food. Protein, protein, protein. Um, so first, adequate protein, one gram per pound of body weight, unless you're excessively over fat. Um, and then make that one pound per pound, or one gram, not one gram of protein <laughs> per pound of your target body weight. So if you're 240, you want to be 200, make it 200 grams a day. Okay. Um, uh, so protein is the building blocks of all of our muscles. So when we've damaged our muscles, we need protein to repair them. Mm. Um, 
plus the amino acids get used for a bazillion jillion different things in the body. Uh, so having adequate amino acids, super important. Secondly, um, is carbohydrates. Uh, most people's workouts, like if you're doing any of my workouts you've read on the website or we've talked about where it's like half hour, mm. you're not carb depleted, right? But if you do two to three hour like road rides, mountain bike rides, um, you train for a marathon, any of the more demanding things, um, it tends to be bodybuilding phases because we want to deplete the muscles um, or uh, extensive endurance training. Both will deplete you. So you've depleted, burned off all the carbohydrate you have in the muscles. So by getting fluid uh, and carbs and protein back in after your training, you will speed up the recovery because you're replacing the, the nutrients uh, that you've depleted. And it won't go to fat. It'll go right into your muscles. Yeah, because if you have just finished something that, uh, let's say it's a, like a two-hour um, bike ride that had a lot of hard hills on it. Mm-hmm you don't have a whole lot left in the system unless you've just been like downing, you know, energy drinks the whole way, like getting Mm -hmm. tons of gels, all that kind of stuff in. You're pretty depleted, Um, you know, particularly when it's the three and the four, you do a century, like a hundred mile ride. Um, You know, those you will be definitely depleted. So you'll recover quicker getting the, you know, um, like a hundred grams of carbs uh, and, you know, 40 or 50 grams of protein in fairly short order after finishing the ride. I remember we were bike riding, mountain biking once, uh, I think in Halton, and I was on the keto diet. Yeah. And it was like a long ride. And I think I bonked or something at the end because I didn't, I couldn't even think. Yeah. Like I was just... Well, because <laughs> it's the thing. The problem with keto, ketogenic diets are like high fat, moderate protein, really low carb diets. Yeah. Um, so you don't have carbohydrates stored in your muscles and in your liver. So your body is relying on fat as a fuel source. And that's great for moderate activity. Right. But mountain biking is not moderate. Oh, remember when we were mountain, um, sorry, rock climbing? Yeah. You're, I'm like, I can't think. I mean, like, here, shove this down your throat. Yeah, it was like, have a granola bar. And all of a sudden, you know, she knew what she was doing again. <laughs> <laughs> Like, well, this is the thing. Like, our brain predominantly runs on carbohydrate, glucose. Mm -hmm. So, carbs aren't evil too much. Like, every time I say this, like, I'm going to sound like a goddamn broken record, but the poison is in the dose. Carbs don't make you fat. Too many carbs make you fat. Right. (laughs) Right? So, it's... the, The thing that we run into is that the problem in this day and age, there are so many yummy carb things. Right, and I'm as susceptible as anybody. And the the evil is when you have high carb and high fat, mm-hmm. like, you know, waffles, maybe waffles with ice cream, <laughs> ice cream in general, yeah, donuts, pie, butter tarts. Yeah, like there's these are all things that are high in sugars, carbohydrates, and fats, which is just a recipe for you to get fat. Yeah. Like one of the simple things to think about nutritionally, uh, eat your, you can have a high protein, high fat meal or a high protein, high carbohydrate meal. Don't have high fat, high carb together. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's a little trick if you sort of are able to stay on top of it. Um, that makes it easier to uh, lose body fat because we're not spiking our insulin. Mm. right when we're in the presence of a ton of fat because your body because when you spike insulin it will just turn well and if you've got like a high level of fat when your insulin goes up in your Mm -hmm. bloodstream you're it's easy to shuttle that um uh you know high triglycerides triglycerides just another fancy word for fat into more fat cells Mm. right um you know whereas Nobody's really ever gotten, you know, excess body fat from too much protein. Right. <laughs> you just get the meat sweats. It raises your metabolism. Yeah. You know. Um, hmm. You know, so uh, 
But I think that the key point there is as your muscles break down from strength training, you need to build them and it needs protein to yeah, build them. Lots and lots of protein. And and then if you do anything depleting, you know. Right. And that generally is sort of more than an hour and a half. Uh, it can be, you of know. Not zone two. No, like hard. Yeah. Um, you know, You're I working. Could, yeah. You're working. Yeah. You know, that kind of huff and puff, muscles burn and long. Yeah. Right? Because if you do... Uh, huff and puff, muscles burn, but it's short. Mm-hmm. There's only so much you're going to deplete in a given time period. Right. Right. Um, and then it's the same thing. If you go long, but it's steady and easy, you know, kind of zone two, mm-hmm. your heart rate's elevated, but, you know, you're not redlined. You're not burning. The muscles aren't on fire. You're probably, until you're going four or five hours, you're probably fine, too. That you're not, you know, yeah, it gets food in afterwards. But mm-hmm. it's not like you have a whole lot of replenishment to do, right? Um, you know, one of the other things that really helps with uh, recovery, if you got benefits, and now this is either a partner with benefits. Uh, I guess actually in my case, I have a partner who has benefits, and then I have a partner with benefits, so I can sort of win both ways. Um uh, and what I'm talking about is massage. So if you <laughs> if you have the work benefits, yeah. then you can go get professional massage from massage therapist. How come you don't go? Uh, because <laughs> I told I, him like if you don't use up your thing, I'll be upset. Yeah, but the the thing is, everyone I've been to compared to you sucks. Right? Like I've been to a few different ones, and you do a better massage. Yeah. So um, that's what he's referring to, partner with benefits. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> or you know, uh, who have benefits, yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. she has benefits and she is with benefits or whatever. Whatever. Um, uh, but yeah, like, like uh, you know, basically kind of a Swedish massage that's got a lot of pumping yeah. um, where you're sort of squeezing, you're, you're improving blood flow. Yeah. Um, and helping flush the muscles and helps things relax. Yeah. Um, and it feels good. Yeah. You know, um, so that can be highly effective as well. Yeah. Um, you know, so it, it, it's the kind of thing if you basically, uh, get some heat exposure. <laughs> I was going to say the best massage I had was in Vegas, but then I realized how that sounds. Wait, what? <laughs> it, it was at the airport. <laughs> no. It wasn't? No. Where was it? Um, we, we were rock climbing. Oh, oh okay. I thought it was, the, the, you know, no. um, we were, I don't know what you're talking about. Anyways, uh, we were rock climbing, um, for quite a bit, right? You mean Ryan yeah. and you guys decided to go do a multi-pitch and I and said, decided, see ya, <laughs> I'm yeah. going to the spa and it was like a hot, it wasn't a cold thing, but it was like a, you know, hang out in the hot tub, whatever yeah. and sauna. And then I went and had a massage, a Swedish massage in it for two hours. I was like so sore and I felt so great after that. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. And then when you came and picked us up at 10 o'clock at night from the. (laughs) Ryan missed his flight home. Yeah. That was funny. So, so. Yeah, that was good for recovery. Well, well, we've told the story of our climb now, uh, you know, uh, that's the story of what Catherine did while we were. Oh, it was fantastic. I'd definitely go back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. cuz if you think of it this way, if you can get some heat exposure, anything like that that improves the circulation, um warms you up. And even if you don't have a sauna, um and maybe you live in a shitty little apartment and you don't have a uh um a bathtub. So <laughs> having a blank yeah. on what that thing that we sit in is called. Oh. Bundle up like in your gray rocky sweatsuit. Okay. Um, put the towel around your neck like Rocky and just go for a walk, right? <laughs> like, like if it's hot out or warmer That's and true. you overdress, yeah, right? We, what we want to do is without working hard, we want to break a sweat, mm. right? So we don't want to like dramatically, like we don't want to cause new, um, uh, exertion from that, that you have to recover from. Yeah. But if you break a sweat, your whole body's warm, the blood vessels have opened up. Your body's trying to cool itself. Um, that's a great way to get a lot of blood flow, mm-hmm. um, which will help your tired muscles recover quicker. Right? Yeah. We'll call it the um, do-it-yourself sauna. 
Yeah, and and actually, I got some other toys. So the um, Tim Tam, which is like a Theragun. It's yeah. basically a jigsaw, but instead of a saw blade, it's got like a <laughs> rubber ball. <laughs> Works great. Yeah, beats the shit out of your muscles. I mean, at times when I have found that the culprit of the knee pain is like super tight quads and muscles, everything else that's just torquing those knees. So, and you just beat the shit out of your thighs or whatever, and it just relaxes. Yeah. Um, the bottom of your feet, it's just amazing. We use that quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Like I, that's that's an investment that's not gone to waste. No. Um, I've also had the um, the compression. Oh, the compression sleeves, yeah. the leg sleeves. Yeah. Yeah, those are actually really kind of cool because what they do is improve circulation by systematic what it is it's these sleeves or pants you slide over your legs and then you turn on the air compressor thing on it yeah and it starts with the feet and because it inflates it squeezes yeah and then it works its way up your calves and your thighs and then it deflates it relaxes and then it squeezes again and it literally is like somebody is <laughs> squeezing your legs like a tube of toothpaste, like yeah. starting at the calves and working your way up. Yeah. Um, which will be great for like emptying. Which a few times too. And if you hate massage, flipping back to the massaging, but it's it's related if you don't. And that costs quite a bit of money, right? That mm. was a couple hundred dollars. But the other thing that I think that works like magic on days that I'm kind of like, this is my cheat code to giving once massages. I'm just too tired. At least it works for me. Mm-hmm. Get get a rolling pin that you dedicate for massages, yeah. <laughs> and you just roll the person. Yeah, and you just their sort of muscles push, pushing like, towards the heart. Like, don't you agree that that for me? Yeah. Like, I swear that gives me immediate like recovery the next day because whenever my legs have been super tired, and I mind you, I've been sleeping as well, but that feels so good. Yeah, because what you're doing is like literally like a tube of toothpaste yeah. squeezing the blood up towards the heart. Yeah. And then when you stop, fresh blood Do you actually in. like that as much as my massages when I do it by hand? No, but but it's still oh. pretty good. I would say it's pretty good. Yeah. But, but you're... I'd what? give them to you more often if, if you're okay with just the rolling pin. Yeah. Like I, I'll take what I can get. <laughs> <laughs> We've determined that sometimes I'm tired yeah. <laughs> and he really likes them. Anyways, um, yeah, I find that that's really Yeah. So if, really you, if you think of it this way, if you can incorporate a couple of things like some stretching, you know, just on a daily basis, um, uh, you know, a little bit of extra walking. Just easy walking helps the circulation. Yeah. Um, if you've got access to a sauna, like go to the sauna. Like if you are go to a gym, go into the sauna after working out for 20 yeah. minutes. You're just trying to relax the nervous system and the muscles and, and, the, and get, get the blood flow going. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing that you've recommended to some friends is magnesium. Yeah. Which I've talked about. In well, you, well, you talked about, oh, is that the same magnesium pill that you would take before bed? Yeah. Okay. I thought yeah. it was a different brand. Okay. No. Yeah, because you had mentioned that, that if you don't have it, you can get muscle cramps. Yeah, especially like in the heat or if you've been sweating a ton. Electrolytes? Uh, is that yeah. what's in electrolytes? Magnesium? Part of it, yeah. Magnesium, sodium, potassium. Those are the big three. Yeah. Uh, okay. You know, and so all of those will help your body absorb water. Um, another thing that actually helped with recovery, and this is just sort of like a little bonus one, is creatine. Mm. Uh Basically taking creatine monohydrate, five grams a day. It's not a steroid, so you don't have to cycle it or anything like that. Um, generally, I recommend people take it with food because some people find it irritates their stomach. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, creatine is one of the things. Well, did anybody hear that little glitch that happened? That's what happens when you sometimes... Uh, Overestimate how long the batteries uh, in the recorder are going to last. So we're talking about creatine. Yeah. So creatine monohydrate, um, uh, the most studied sports supplement in history, um, besides maybe caffeine. Uh, And uh, basically, generally, you'll run into the thing where if you're doing exactly the same training you'll recover a little bit quicker uh, taking creatine because 
you've got more creatine stores in the muscles, um, and creatine uh, increases the amount of creatine phosphate, which is like one of the the first energy sources your body uses. Um, so if you've got a little bit more of it, you'll you'll recover a little bit quicker from your workouts. And do you typically take that after a workout? No, you just it, it's a loading thing, so you just take it whenever. What about when you hear my pre-workout, my post-workout drink? So pre-workout is really just stimulants. Okay. It's people who don't sleep enough <laughs> trying to get amped up for the workout. Okay. And post-workout is basically protein and carbohydrates. Oh, okay. Just in a drink instead of food. food. So, not, so not necessary. You know. Um, now, if you've had a really depleting workout um, and... You don't feel like eating because a lot of times if you had a really hard workout, it's true. You kind of feel gross anyway for a little while. Um, so getting some protein and carbs um, in your system in a way you can drink, if that works for you. Do you want to do it right like within a certain amount of time after your workout? Uh, in general, um, the sooner you get it in, the quicker you'll replenish. Okay, but um, it's not... Like uh, you've got a short window in no, order. No. And what about um, sort of the short window thing would only apply maybe if it's a you're in a kind of sport where you've got to play multiple times in a day. Okay. Um, so after a match, getting it in as quick as you can because you got to you Be know ready to go for a next match in a couple of hours. Then that would make a difference. But for the average one of us, where it's like most of the time you're not doing two hard workouts in a day. Yeah. Like, you know, you and I worked out three times today. We went for a moderate bike ride this morning. Right. We lifted weights after work, and then we went for a gravel ride. Yeah. That was pretty easy. Yeah. So with none of those, it was like, oh, my God, we got to, you know, we worked yeah. out three times, but yeah. none of them were like ball busters. And then um, you hear people taking like, I can't remember what it's called, something greens. Oh, athletic shake. greens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that just more if you're not getting enough vegetables in your diet because yeah. you're so focused on protein and other shit? Yeah. You yeah. know, like things like AG1 or athletic greens <laughs> is, um, or multivitamins or um, green powders or, you know, any of this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. It, their supplements, supplements are like secondary, um, you know, and, and it may be supplementing because you're missing things. Like if you're a vegan, for instance, you better be taking B12 because you're not getting it from vegetables. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, so it, it really comes into the thing of like, uh, as I'm fond of saying, uh, don't major in the minors. Get your big things in order first before you're worrying about like incremental gains that you're going to get from like, Oh, I got this vitamin or this, you know, it's like get adequate protein intake from, you know, uh, you know, healthy sources, uh, lots of fruit and vegetables, carbohydrate as you need it for your activity level. Right. Um, and then worry about, like, when you've got that consistently dialed in, then worry about supplements. Sure. You know? Okay. And um, something else that was inter- an interesting concept to me is when you're on a training program, mm-hmm. typically it's like four to six weeks long, right? Give or take, sure. Whatever, you know, before you do something completely different and you alter it because you do so much progressive overload and you reach a point where you've probably gained a lot of fatigue in your body from mm-hmm. doing it over and over every week and you're yeah. building, progressively building the intensity of it, then you do a recovery week. Talk yeah. about that. That's um, a really interesting concept and in in what you get out of it. Yeah. So basically, if <laughs> you have a well-structured program that is each week is building along from the previous week, you will over time accumulate some fatigue. Um, and... If you're lifting heavy, you can also run into the thing of like the joints are getting a bit achy, you know, that type of thing. And cardio, can you hit certain heart rates or no? Yeah, you're just tired. You're just tired. So a deload week um, is reducing that load. And because we think in terms of weeks, we do a four or six or 12 week program. It could be a deload 10 days. It could be a deload six days. We just say week because it's convenient measure of time. Um, and what you'll do is reduce your training volume 
and reduce your intensity a little bit. You know, reduce the intensity, which is how hard any one day is. Reduce it by about 10%, but reduce your volume by 30 to 50%, the overall amount you're doing. Um, and what happens is that that fatigue goes away, right? Because you're giving yourself a chance to recover from it uh, because we reduce that workload. And what you see is because when the fatigue goes away, you actually realize the fitness you built. It's like a hypercompensation effect because you're the fitness is there. You're just too tired, you know, at the end of like a six mm. week block or something yeah. like that. The fitness is there. You're just too tired to use it. Yeah. So we let that fatigue go away. Mm. And now you used to go, whoa. And you always know when a deload, like particularly <laughs> with cycling. Yeah. Um, is basically, it's like, oh man, this is so awesome. Right? Day one. You know, and it's a super easy ride. Day two. Huh. Super easy ride. Day three. But somewhere day four, five, six, seven, whatever it is, you're starting to, that fatigue's going away. Yeah. So now all of a sudden you're feeling good. It's like all of a sudden your legs just have some oomph. And now it's like you want somebody to like, you know, let you off your chain so you can go. Oh, so, okay. I'm sorry. I thought it was like day one after recovery. You start to feel great right away, but you're saying, no, it takes a few days to get in, back into that. Well, it depends how much fatigue you have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Like okay. In, you know, because most people don't need deload weeks because they're not consistent. Right. Life deloads you automatically. Yeah. Right? Like, you know, we've talked about this before where it's like if somebody does... Vacation eight, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But if somebody does 80% of the workouts, yeah, I consider that like a monumental win. Like that's an A. Right? Um. Well, the fact is, if you're only hitting 80% of your workouts and occasionally you have a really bad week because, oh, you had that business thing and you had this thing and that thing and the kids and the, and then you got two workouts in, well, you just had a fucking deload week, <laughs> right? You didn't plan it, but most people end up with deload weeks accidentally, right? Right. So they don't need to be programmed in. Yeah. Um, now, if you get like the, the racer type and they're very diligent and, you know, they're willing to sacrifice their future relationships with their children to get their training in, <laughs> you know, sort of the way I've dealt with a lot of athletes in the past. Um, then those people will tend to need the plan deloads because they're, like, they're very driven type A. Mm-hmm. Um, but for most people, life deloads you automatically. Okay. Um, you know, so it if you're like, you know, if you've been super diligent, you've hit every workout, You've been increasing a little bit every week. Somewhere around, and this can vary depending on what type of training you're doing, um, week four, six, maybe as much as eight, and you're just like, oh, God. Like, you, all of a sudden, that like training is not fun anymore. Um, you're like, oh. <sighs> That's why they should always hold back a little bit like I do. <laughs> And so they never, <laughs> they never realize they, they never come close to the full potential. until when I have to do something. I'm like, oh, that wasn't so bad. Yeah, you know. Uh, yeah, today I did my first um, two double kettlebell um, or d- double kettlebell presses with thirty pounds in each hand, uh, thirty-four, something like that. What you set it? a PR and you don't even know what you did. What was it? It was sixteen kilos. So what's that? It's it's thirty-five pounds. All right, hand. there you go. I've done that before. I've done it before. No, you haven't. Yes, I have. When? Before the chiropractor told me never to do that. No, you you did it once with a push press, not with a strict press. Oh, really? You used your legs. Oh, this is why I don't need to write things down because yeah. you remember it all in your noggin. Yeah. I can't believe you remember that. Yeah. You okay. know. And see, you've been doing overhead pressing for a while. Does it feel like your neck and everything's going to explode? <laughs> He's getting ready to say, I told you that. Yeah, well. <laughs> your shoulders are looking great, though. Oh, uh, thank I you. I think probably something to do all that pressing you're doing. <laughs> Again, yeah. I told you that. No, no. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, basically, if you just apply a couple of the recovery techniques and and experiment right and you'll run into the thing where um just think of looking after recovery is just important as the training right yeah the the two that i would put as like the easy low-hanging fruit is stretching and sleep 
Um, yeah. But beyond that, a little bit of light movement on rest days, you know, just for circulation. Um, uh, you know, like I'll just do go through my mobility drill, right? The, the basically my warm up. Um, I'll do that on rest days, you know, because it's right next to my office. It's not a big deal to do some rocks. Especially as you're getting older and you just need to... Loosen up. <laughs> loosen up and lubricate all the joints. Yeah. I mean, again, a lot of people, whether they're doing repetitive motions over and over again or if they're um, sitting all day, mm-hmm. things will get stiff and you need to move and have blood flow. Yeah. It's all about bloods and fluids, man. Bloods and fluids. So, yeah, basically just get on top of recovering as hard as you train. Um, and if you guys have any questions, reach out to us. We are livewild underscore radio on Instagram because fuck Facebook. Because um, I don't, even though they're owned by the same goddamn company, <laughs> um, we get lots of traction with our um, Instagram posts and the exact same shit on Facebook. Even though we have a bigger audience on Facebook, like more followers or yeah, whatever. It's weird. Uh, we get. I couldn't even see all of our posts. And they're your posts. They're my posts, right? And I went to go to our post page to see, okay, what's the latest? I'm like, why is this showing me stuff from a month ago? And I can't even see. The stuff that I posted yesterday. Not, not even what's in my feed. I can't even see it. Yeah. Yeah, that's weird. Like this that thing that is... you you are the partner in. Yeah. Facebook doesn't even think you're interested enough to have it in your feed. <laughs> or to be able to see it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I have to go to the Live Wild. Yeah. Yeah. You know, creator and, and page. It's weird. Whereas, like, I post stuff on Instagram with hashtags and stuff. And but it's all on our website, right? Everything get, comes, gets shot back to our website. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm just saying that's a way. Yeah. People, but that's our Instagram. Want, yeah. If, if, if You know, my little rant about the Meta Corporation. Um you know, uh, so yeah, if you want to reach out to us, send us a DM um, or comment on one of our posts or, you know, let uh, us know what, let us know what your favorite recovery technique is. Yeah, What works um, for you? Because um, we're just a couple samples out there. Yeah. You know, it's nice to hear from you. Yeah. And uh, make sure that you actually do something that you have to recover from because <laughs> that's kind of the important part. If you do all the recovery stuff and none of the training, <laughs> um, you're not going to get there either. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, so here's to tomorrow because we have uh, we need to get to bed so we can do workouts in the morning again. Yes. So until next time, work hard and play dirty. <laughs>